0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's thrivecosmetics. Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're
2: looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube.
1: Hi, I'm Keegan and I'm Madigan and you're listening to your Your angry Angry neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And
2: you know what I have to say I I was I've been struggling today all day. I'm sleepy. I'm busy. I'm stressed, but I actually feel really good now. I'm like excited to record we caught up a little bit. That
1: is kind of the beauty of doing this because I feel like all day I'm like, oh my God, I have to like do more after working all day. Truly. And it seems really daunting. But then I feel like the second I'm here and sitting down, I'm like, I could do this for five hours. I'm yeah. fine. I
2: feel good now. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like I texted you because I was like 730, like our usual start time. And yeah. Were, like, yeah. Like let's say for 730. And then I was like, actually, I just want to sit here for like, for like a minute. Can we do seven forty five instead?
1: Yeah, for real. I feel much better now because I thought I was gonna have to work two jobs tomorrow and I only have to work one. So I'm like, you know what, I feel better than I did twenty minutes ago. A relief, certainly. I'm like, I can sleep in in the morning, foot loose and fancy free over oh, here. Nice. Jealous. Ha <laughs> ha Oh, man. Well, it's funny because I feel like the last few weeks I've been kind of having to like narrow down the things that I want to talk about. I feel like there's been a lot going on. Yeah. But this week I kind of had to like dig back a little bit, although there is like some very new news going on. It just did seem it seemed, at least to me, like a slightly slower news week.
2: Yeah, I think my topic. So one is very topical. Well, they're both topical, but one is more broad um, to talk about today. Do you want to go first, or, you don't, or do you want me to go first?
1: I don't really have anything particularly, like, devastating or sad. I, I don't either. Well, kind of. This I'll is just, how we decide. Whoever's yeah. got the saddest one goes first.
2: <laughs> I will start with... It's not it's not sad. It's actually a good
1: thing. Okay, um, great. Well, let's just start with whatever. You give it, get us started. Okay.
2: So... There was a former Louisville police officer who pled guilty this week to lying on Breonna Taylor's search warrant. So former Louisville Metro Police Detective Kelly Hannah Goodlett, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago, um, whenever there were some charges charges were
1: brought up, right, being
2: brought up. Um, So this is I think I referred to her at that time as an ex police detective. So this is Mm -hmm. who it is. Um, She pleaded guilty on Tuesday to one count of conspiring to violate the civil rights of Brianna Taylor for helping falsify an affidavit for the search of her apartment that ended in her death in March of 2020. So she is expected to be a star witness. She pled guilty, but there was also a plea deal in
1: place. I was going to say, so she's probably got some protections in order to now discuss more about what she knows about the other People who are involved. Right.
2: So the contents of the plea agreement remain sealed, um, but she is expected to be the star witness at the trial of two of her ex colleagues, Joshua Janes and Kyle Meaney, uh, when they are tried on civil rights charges in connection with Breonna Taylor's death. And then, of course, there is also a third ex detective, Brett Hankinson, who has been charged on a separate federal indictment. And I don't think she at this time is lined up to testify against him or be a witness against him. Okay. So she admitted to the charge uh, before a U.S. district judge, and she's the first officer to be convicted in connection with Breonna Taylor's death. She admitted she falsely claimed a postal inspector had verified Taylor uh, was receiving packages for her ex-boyfriend, Jamarcus Mm. Glover, at her apartment before the raid. In fact, the postal inspectors said there was no evidence that Taylor was receiving packages those packages to her apartment. I
1: do recall that being a topic of conversation now a few years ago.
2: Right. So the whole thing was that her ex-boyfriend was a, you know, was allegedly a
1: drug dealer Mm -hmm. or had something to do with drugs. But since he was like, was it that he was just like staying at her place a lot
0: and things like like that or
1: allegedly having things sent to her home instead of his and right. things like that's that to, like, they take said. them off their scent. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what they said. Um,
2: because this was her ex-boyfriend. Like, she had a new boyfriend who was with her the night that she was shot and killed. Oh,
1: I thought it was the same person. No.
2: So, oh. Jamarcus Glover was her ex-boyfriend. I don't know where they got this intel that he was staying there, um, but... I'm, I'm guessing they believed that he was staying there. And so they falsified a or document. at least sending things there. Yeah. I don't know that they believed that he was sending things there. I think that they thought they could find him there. And so they were like, well, this is one way to get a warrant is to say that, like, well, he's receiving packages there. So he's at least a temporary resident of her place. And the postal workers were like, no.
1: Yeah. Describe my face. It's not yeah, jiving it's, with me. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, they
2: just straight up lied. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they
1: were going to say whatever they could. But like, it's just why do people put so much effort into other people's fucking business, even when it has to do with drugs and things like that? It's like, why do you care? Some like, why are you involving some other? I don't know? I don't know the details of like whatever it is they were looking into. But it's like, why are you involving another person in this man's business? You know what yeah, I, mean? I mean? It's just fucking annoying. That
2: That's kind of the thing is like, even if you felt righteous, like you were going to catch this guy right which is a I have fucking to, drug dealer like yeah I mean and I, I I don't know the details of everything he was involved in right but I feel like even if you felt like there was some kind of you were righteous in your act to try and get this drug dealer and get him arrested right there had to be a better way of doing that than invading
1: someone else's home and having to lie to do it and also, right? like, coming into somebody's home, guns ablazing, ready. It's just, I feel yes. like there's so many. I hope that there are more answers to these questions during the trial. Because I just feel like there's so much missing information for me of what you just said. Like, how, how this all came to yeah. be just seems so stupid. Well, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm guessing that she will testify to right. some of that, right? exactly, because
2: she, her role, her pivotal role in this was falsifying, you know, the information to get that search warrant. So I'm expecting they're going to ask her. Why yeah. did you feel the need to falsify the information to get the search warrant? Yeah, right? exactly. Um, so the attorney for Brianna Taylor's family said that she shared pivotal information that's going to be used against her colleagues. The indictment of Joshua Janes, which is one of the other officers facing charges, um, alleges that Kelly Goodlet met with him in his garage after everything went down so that they could get on the same page after that. Because the postal inspector came forward and was like, no, no, that's not what happened. He, She was never receiving packages right. um, to her house from her ex-boyfriend. And so... So they're like, what are we going to say now? What are we going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy didn't have our back, so we need to get our story straight. So that's just... It further proves that they knew what they were doing. They knew that what they were doing was wrong. Um, she faces a sentence of no more than five years in prison, plus up to a $250,000 fine and three years of supervised release. So not a terribly harsh sentence really no. um, given the fact that her information directly led to somebody being shot and
1: killed yeah she i think that it definitely would make more sense for me to have a longer sentence but i do understand the circumstances of giving someone a lighter sentence to be able to now right, prosecute these, these other, other people. people yeah exactly mm-hmm. like i can understand giving a little bit for a certain person in order to get what you're really going after it is just unfortunate because like you said she is so responsible for the murder of Brianna Taylor so it's unfortunate that someone so responsible isn't going to be held accountable right i mean and
2: also police officers and you know law uh, enforcement officers should be held to a higher standard just period right. you know i saw somebody on tiktok say that they really wished there was a podcast out there that was a true crime podcast, but it was only stuff the police have done. <laughs> like, yeah. illi- illegal stuff the police have done. Yeah. And I'm
1: like, I would absolutely listen to that. 100%. <laughs> like, Shady Cops, new podcast. Yes, there you go. For, there there it is for free. There Someone it out is. There. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> Trademark. Uh, this is older news, but it's still very much in the media right now and I wanted to talk about it and that is the Finnish Prime Minister Santa Martin yeah and all of the shenanigans surrounding her now she's been in the news before during the pandemic like once the vaccines had gotten out she was in the news because she was spotted going clubbing after being exposed to COVID but she had then come out and said like I was vaccinated so my doctor said I could go out sorry it looked so bad you know that kind of thing but She's 36 years old, she's young, she's gorgeous, she doesn't really dress and act like she's like a prime minister, I guess, so a lot of people have a lot of problems with her, you know, she's photographed at music festivals and out with her friends, and like, she's just a very normal lady, right? So, I believe it was, like, about a week ago, maybe a little bit more now, there was a video that was leaked by Finnish Tabloids of her, like, drinking and dancing with her friends at a house party, and it's seriously, like, the tamest stuff. The lights... Have you seen the videos? I haven't, but, I mean... You've probably seen, like, at least the, like, clip image. It's, like, it's dark, and it's, like, a TikTok video with, of, like, her and her friends, like, lip-syncing a song, and she has a drink in her hand. What's... What's the issue? Do people
2: just feel like. The issue like, is
1: that she was like partying and drinking. And people I don't know. feel like
2: she shouldn't do those things because she should be. She's got more important things on her plate. Is that why? A, what the apparently, is, a prime
1: minister should not be behaving in this way. But and you're, at, you're in. You're in your friend's house. It's not the same as like... Exactly. And she was... Santa was very frustrated because it was like these videos and this time was not for the public's viewing. You know, she felt probably very betrayed that whoever leaked these videos did um, because she was like, you know, I was just with my friends. And she even said she was like, I wasn't even that drunk. I moderately drank. I was sober enough to drive home at the end of the night. And people were giving her like... Someone said that... In the back of the video, you could hear something about snow. So they were like, she's doing cocaine. Hi, so she, they're
2: they're yeah. from Finland. They could have been talking about anything. Exactly. And <laughs> she's
1: like, OK, I will do a drug test if that means that everybody will calm down about it. So she offered to do a drug test. She did the drug test. It came back negative and clear. So she's like, see, like, I'm not doing drugs. I'm just drinking and enjoying time with my friends. It's I think the thing that really bothers me
2: about this, because, sure, if we want to have the conversation of, like, should we expect our elected officials when they take an oath of office? Do we expect them to have a certain kind of conduct, not only, you know, when they're public facing, but in their private lives as well? Because I do think, you know, anytime you're a part of any company, they're like, you're representing us. Yeah. And you're not here. Whatever. We can have that conversation if that's what you want to have. However... How many politicians and world leaders do we know of? Like Trump was so obviously on like amphetamines. Yeah. Throughout his presidency. Yeah. Um, the oh, shady shit that we know that our male presidents in this country get up to. Yeah.
1: Well, and that that was kind of the response. So, social media, first of all, women were posting videos in solidarity of themselves like drinking and dancing with their friends. And they're like, I'm a teacher, I'm a mom, and like, I still have like a fun life. And then also, people were posting pictures of like, I can't remember this guy's last name, the weird Boris guy who just got done with the UK. Yeah. Um, There's like a video of him like dancing with a drink in his hand. Thank you. And, um, like a couple other like you know important leaders of the world with drinks in their hand like dancing at an event you're, or whatever you're it's still like a human
2: being who wants to have fun exactly. and needs to let and, off steam yes. and like that's all very normal i mean i was just at a party this last weekend i think people also for some reason seem to think that 36 is like too old to be doing that and i'm like it is not
1: it at is all very much not uh, the other thing now that's come up more recently was that there was a photo released of two girls flashing the camera and kissing each other with a Finland sign in front of their chests. And it was taken in her Helsinki home. I'm not really sure how people are like aware of that, but I guess people know what her house looks like enough to be like, that was in her house. And she even came forward like apologizing for the photo, saying that it wasn't appropriate. Was it but her? No, it was like two friends of hers or two girls. And the way that I read it in the article, they described it as two topless women holding each other's bare chests kissing with a sign and then i saw the picture today and it's like it's like two girls are flashing the camera and one of them is kind of holding the finland sign and it's covering their chest you can't see any nipple or anything and they're kissing each other but people are losing their minds because this took place in her house because it took place in her house it's like okay like <laughs> you shouldn't be friends with people who are flashing the camera and it's just I think it's so I'm like who's even finding this stuff but the thing is and I don't want to forget to say this but it's I I suppose I haven't looked at my notes once very proud of myself um but like the reason that a lot of this is becoming such big news as well is because she is currently helping Finland become part of NATO okay so I'm wondering if there's anything to do with her like defectors that are pushing this type of narrative to make Finland look better Bad? I'm not really sure what the intention is. But okay, but the thing is, n- again, I don't
2: know. Maybe n- none of this is immoral. Like, that's kind of no. the thing. is like none, none of this is immoral. No. Like, two women kissing is not immoral. No. They're not even actually... Naked. N- naked. No. Um,
1: partying- it looks like
2: two girls having fun at a party. Like, right. I've done shit like that. Partying in... At your friend's house is not immoral. No. Drinking is not immoral, nor are these things that, again, other world leaders haven't done.
1: But I also think it, what is immoral is these things being leaked. Who's doing this? I'm like, is it a friend of hers? Is it like, it just seems very shady to well, me. Well, the, the that picture could have been posted
2: somewhere and maybe somebody found it and, yeah. then, and then shared it. Yeah, the video, that's somebody she has to know or a friend of a friend or something. Yeah, um, it just
1: seems very, it's just, that's the thing that I think people need to be focusing on is that this is just such an invasion of her privacy and her private life. Like this shouldn't be up for debate. This is what she chooses to do within her private time and she's doing a hell of a job running your country. So shut the fuck up. Right. And (laughs) yeah, again, it's
2: not in public. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of thing. Yes. If, if Obama were to go to a club and he was dancing and he was everybody is going to be taking pictures and videos and he should expect that you're the president of the United States. Right. Yeah. But like if you are at a friend's home, there's a sense of safety there and it does feel like a violation of your trust yeah. and your privacy. Um, so that's really shitty and should have no bearing at all on whether or not Finland should be allowed to join NATO. Like what, yeah, a, what just, a strange it's a,
1: connection. To it's make. very weird timing and I don't know what the connection is but it was mentioned in a lot of the articles that I was reading about all of her backlash and it just kind of seems like interesting timing. Um, but she's been really great about dealing with you know, everything going on between like Russia and the Ukraine and things like that. Like she really, to me, seems like she's a wonderful leader. So maybe like Listen, back off a little work bit. Work hard and
2: play hard. Mm-hmm. Who among us hasn't oh been Oh my there? gosh, yeah. Truly, really, I, I'm for it. Let off that steam. Well, do you want to take a quick break and then we'll come back with some more news? I guess we can do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you Grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back
2: okay so <laughs> back to school is is um is among us it is right now you know i've been really trying to limit my social media time so i haven't seen all of the everyone every year has to take pictures of their kids with backpacks in front of <laughs> like, like the
1: chalkboard a, or yeah, whatever yeah. in front of a
2: tree or something um so i haven't seen a lot of those but i know they're out there they're there uh and i also have a lot of like family members whose kids were going back to school. And some of them started, like, August 1st. That's too early. Isn't that wild? Like, I was like, whoa! What?
1: It was always crazy to me. So where I'm from, we started school after... Labor Day because it was also so like the last day of the Minnesota State Fair is Labor Day, so it's like you're not going to go to school and go to the fair at the same time. I swear that's part of it. So school always starts the day after the fair I ends. Mean, it's-
2: Honestly, starting after Labor Day would make sense just because you get that day off anyway. So it's like you're going to start school and then immediately have a day off. Yeah, we always started school before Labor Day at the end of August. Yeah, but- I feel like most. Places yeah. did. Yeah, but August 1st, I mean... That's too early. It's right after July. Like, <laughs> the summer just started. We, we can't. Um, But unfortunately, back to school in this country um, means preparing for the possibility of school shootings. Yes. So let's take a look at some of the proposals going around uh, to protect kids from school shootings because this is a conversation that we need to have every year at back to school because yeah. it is... Um, yeah, in nothing inevita- changes. Yeah, it's it's an inevitability <laughs> yeah. that when school is in session, we are going to get shootings. So, as we've mentioned previously, some states seem to think it's a good solution to gun violence in schools um, to bring more guns right. into schools to arm our teachers right. and all that jazz. So there have been proposals to arm teachers with weapons to defend their students in case of emergency. This, as we've already discussed, feels like an obvious bad idea, but what do I know? At least 28 states, including Texas, currently allow teachers or school staff to be armed in the classroom under varying conditions. It's unclear how effective that has been at undermining a school shooting. I mean, we just had one in Texas. Yep. Uh, and critics note that research shows that adding firearms to a situation only increases the risk of
1: gun violence. Yeah. Again, duh. Yeah. Right. It escalates situation. You're getting more guns involved. It's just There's not just safe. There's more opportunity for things to go wrong. And I also just feel like it tends like if, if there is a young shooter in the building and they see someone else with a gun, I can see where that would Escalated. They would want to defend themselves more with the gun that they have against the gun that this teacher right. has. It puts, you know? it puts it puts people more on edge.
2: Yeah, and then also, and I think I brought this up last time we talked about this as well. Um, do you really think that it's an impossibility for a teacher, teachers who are notoriously stressed and underpaid? Yeah, dealing with classrooms that have way too many kids in them. Yeah, you don't think that eventually a teacher is going to snap? And be in a room with access to a firearm.
1: Yeah, you, you don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't like. I don't want to think about that. But it's true. <laughs> no, I, mean, like, I know. I know. It's. I'm almost like. I'm almost kind of surprised that it hasn't. I mean, I'm sure that there are stories of teachers like using gun violence that I'm just not aware of. But like, that's really scary to think about. It. It is scary,
2: you know. And also, just like any kind of like inner working between staff, like it's just not. It's not safe like i just found out that at my job at the conference center or the conference room that i go in for meetings every week there was a murder suicide in <gasps> my building oh my god because there was a um they were bo- i think they were both married coworkers and he like he was like no i don't want to see you anymore and she shot him and shot herself in my office in the conference room that I go in every week. as haunted. Uh, definitely, definitely you haunted. you got to sage
1: the shit out of that place mm-hmm. now. Yeah,
2: it's super haunted. But that's the thing. is just like, if you allow people to have access to guns, and I know that you could say that a teacher could still bring a gun in if they wanted to shoot
1: right. another teacher or whatever. But the access whatever. isn't going to be there. There's more, and I mean... And that's the other thing. There should be other things in place so that a teacher couldn't bring a gun in. You know what I mean? Just like the same precautions that we take with students. But the fact of it being there, it's uh it's, It's convenience. You know what I mean? And there shouldn't be that convenience. Also,
2: kids are kids. And you're telling me that eventually a kid's not going to figure out how to get into that safe if they want to.
1: And especially just like being like, yeah, kids, we have guns in the classroom. I don't know. I just feel like that is another thing that kids would be like, let's try to figure it out.
2: If I was a parent, I would not. I don't think I would let my kid go to a classroom where I knew there was a gun. I don't care how much I trust that teacher. No. To me, just like being in a room, putting my child in a space with a gun.
1: I don't like it. Well, you know, I was I was raised very hippy-dippy and always very scared of guns. Like, my parents never would have, like, let that fly. And I very much... I'm terrified of guns. Yeah. I've never I, touched one. I don't think I ever will. I am terrified of them it's a hard pass
2: for me so following the uvalde shooting two states ohio and louisiana proposed legislation aimed at arming teachers in the classroom despite both experts and teachers voicing their opposition like vast majority it's something like 80 percent or more of teachers are like no yeah like we don't want that yeah um louisiana for what it's worth has rejected the bill which would have allowed permitless carry so that louisianians over the age of 21 could carry a concealed firearm without undergoing the training registration and permitting process. no right so they're like just take away all the barriers every single one of them isn't that the opposite of what we're trying exactly, to do exactly exactly oh. the law also would have designated some school faculty and administrators as quote school protection officers we do not pay our teachers enough no. to be dealing with this shit. No, truly,
1: and like there should be less policing in schools. So and now we're going to make teachers officers. Great. Well, I
2: just read before we started recording that the Ovalde um, school officer, the one that had you know was working at that school, the yeah. police officer that was working at that school, uh, was fired. Yeah, because they were like, you didn't do
1: anything. You did nothing. You
2: didn't help the situation at all. Um, Keep in mind as well that in many of the states that are proposing arming teachers, the number of hours of training necessary to have a gun in school would be less than what is required currently for actual police officers. Like the number of hours of training is less for teachers Uh, than for police officers. That's cool. Um, If you're not into arming teachers... No problem. Good. Um, there are a couple of other solutions. <laughs> are, am I going to like them any that better? Are being suggested? No. Oh. <laughs> well, one of them maybe, not this one. Taser armed drones. So,
1: Taser. Drones? De- drones. They're not human. Uh-huh, what exactly. if I just get some random fucking kid running in the playground?
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of issues with this. So, Taser developer Axon said this week it is working to build drones armed with the electric stunning weapons that could fly in schools and help prevent nope. the next Uvade, Sandy Hook, or Columbine. I'm done. Luckily, the firm's own technology advisors were like, hmm. No. Thank you. Um, Some expressed concerns about weaponizing drones in over-policed communities of color.
1: Wow, what a good idea. Also, weaponizing robots in general. I feel like there have been a lot of movies made about this saying we shouldn't do it. Doesn't feel great. The robots are going to revolt against us and we will all die. They are stronger. (laughs) The
2: announcement from Axon angered members of the ethics board, some of whom are now likely to quit in protest. In protest, quote, this particular idea is crackpot, said Barry Friedman, a New York University law professor who sits on the ethics board, quote, drones can't fly through closed doors. A physical property, uh, uh, the physical properties of the universe still hold. So unless you have a drone in every single classroom in America, which seems insane, the idea isn't going to work. I love that this law professor was like, this is fucking stupid. Like... He's like, this is ins- truly insane.
1: What did, wait, read that line again where it's like the laws of. <laughs> the physical properties of the universe still hold. <laughs> Just, I mean, and he's. I don't know why this. He was like, I'm going to make this sound really educated. But dumb it down for you as much as I can. Well, like, this cannot fly through walls. When you think about drones, you do, you think of them, like, outside in the sky, which is not yeah. how this
2: would work. You would have to have Are there going to gonna be skylights
1: it? in each classroom for it to drop into? Like, logistically, what's yeah. going to happen?
2: It's It doesn't make sense. God, it's so okay. Funny. So, no guns in schools, no drones. What else can we do? <laughs> how about bulletproof safety pods? <laughs> Some schools have had safety pods that were originally manufactured as tornado shelters. Uh, some have proposed that we make, we make those babies bulletproof and we repurpose them as cute little child-sized panic rooms for school shootings. So you have these pods. They're bulletproof.
1: Kids can go into those to protect themselves. I think it's a great idea but at the same time, it makes me so sad. It's super sad.
2: Um, of the three options, of course, this is the best one. Yeah. Uh, the pods would be resistant to handguns, shotguns, and semi-automatic high caliber weapons like AR-15s. Of all the solutions, like I said, this one is the most popular with parents and educators. Right. But the problem is they're expensive as yeah, costing fifteen thousand to thirty thousand per classroom. Oh my! So gosh. it's just not feasible. I mean, we already don't have. We any would need money. like a donation
1: yeah. of these things, which honestly should happen. Like, I feel like if I made something bulletproof, if that was like my thing and I was a scientist, I hope that I would be a good enough person to be like, I'm gonna donate. I mean, not to every school in the world, but if I like was like, I'm gonna donate these to three Los Angeles schools or something like that. But you I know? think
2: I think that they are saying that you'd want to have one in every classroom. And so you're talking fifteen K to thirty K per class. Yeah, you'd be
1: losing a lot of money. And
2: also I don't know, I have questions about like how do you teach the kids how to use them? It would then, be it would be like a tornado drill,
1: fire drill situation. But if you can't
2: get in from the outside What if your kid, like, what if you had a kid who just locked themselves in there? How are you going to get them out?
1: Well, what I would guess is that there would be precautions and probably keys on the inside. or You know what I Like, there's got to be some sort of safety mechanism. But I would assume that it would be, I mean, I did tons of tornado drills growing up. I feel like it would kind of be the same thing. It also would help normalize it not that I think that school shootings should be normalized but I also don't think that kids should be living in fear and that's my other concern is that it's like you're adding another thing for them to be thinking about it and to be aware of it and seeing it Yeah. yeah they know what that room is used for and that's a really scary thing to think about but I think that doing those types of drills normalizes it in a way that makes someone feel safe so so they know what to do. I guess that my question
2: would be because the teacher's not always going to be able to go in with their students is right. the thing. So it's like, do they have some kind of like button under their desk that there unlocks the door or be, something?
1: There has to be some sort of like code or button on the inside or something that would be... It's not like these kids are going to get locked in forever. I, I doubt. I'm sure that they've thought of methods. I
2: would hope so. But anyway... I would hate to be a parent or a teacher right now. Can you believe that they have to think about this? When they get little Bobby or Susie ready for school every day, no, it it
1: honestly, I I don't want to think about it. It's awful. Um, I just want to finish up really quick because this is probably some of the latest news we're recording on Wednesday, so it is kind of today's news for us. But Biden announced his student loan forgiveness plan on Wednesday, saying it will forgive ten thousand dollars in student loans for borrowers who make less than one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, which is a lot of people. It's most people, I feel like, you know, and it's. It's great because of these this income gap. Uh, quote: No high income individual or high income household in the top five percent of incomes will benefit from this action, according to the White House. So it was set in place so that because what happens already is like a lot of these like Ivy League uh, graduates will be able to like qualify for like debt relief and things like that when they don't really need it as much as other degrees do. Right. I mean,
2: and also. They are pulling in enough like I I understand that people who have Ivy League educations oftentimes have more un, money, it, but they also have insane debt. Like I, I oh, understand yeah. that, but they are making a lot more money than the average person in order to pay off their debt more quickly.
1: Right. And if you're if you graduated from an I, Ivy League college and you're not making that income, it still applies to you. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 15 million of the 43 million people with federal loans owe less than $10,000, and these borrowers are least likely to pay back their debt loans. So that's kind of an uh, an explanation for that. In all, the plan will wipe out debt for almost 20 million people, and it will decrease monthly payments by an average of $250 for those on a 10-year plan. Many Republicans have publicly opposed loan forgiveness, particularly in recent months, as the movement for executive action has gained steam. In May, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said, student loan socialism would be a giant slap in the face to every family who sacrificed to save for college, to every graduate who paid off their debt, to every worker who made a different career choice so they could stay debt-free. Shut
0: the fuck up.
1: In the strongest
2: possible terms. No, because here's the thing. I, that mentality fills me with fury well, immediately. Should have, you should have picked a, a better job. I, it makes me so upset because it's just like, I, and honestly, I can empathize. I get it. If you paid off your student loans and it was a massive sacrifice for you, it would be like, oh God, I wish that this had been around exactly. for me. Right. And like, that's a shitty feeling. I get that. But there's a lot of things that it, happen like that. Uh, and also... If you are a good person, you want it to be easier for other people. You don't want other people to have gone through what you went through. You don't want them to have to suffer like you did. And exactly. if you do, what the what's wrong with you? Exactly, what's wrong with you? If you yeah. want other people to suffer just because you did, yeah, that's it's so like it's such a gross mentality, and to say it out loud is so childish.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it, none of it makes sense to me. Who sacrificed to save for college? It's just I don't know. It's ridiculous. I, I get, look,
2: I I mean I do understand it on a purely human level of just like, well I I had to do this this way, of course, and I you're allowed to feel that, that way crossing your mind initially. I yeah. think that that's totally like normal and human and valid but, too. Yes, <laughs> like
1: yeah, of you're course. allowed to be jealous that you didn't get that same totally. cut and things like that. But, but think you about also... it for
2: one second,
1: exactly. Really,
2: like think about it for one second. I would not want my, I don't have student loan debt. Yeah. You know, I'm
1: lucky that I don't either. (laughs) But my
2: brother, my older brother does. And it is a huge, huge burden on his life. I see the way it affects his life every day. It is a massive, massive burden. And, I don't want that for my little brothers. Yeah. I don't want them to have to go through what I see him going through. Yeah. And also, so often when people are making these decisions to take these loans and stuff, they are 18. And then if they grow up and they decide, I don't want to actually do the job that I went and got in all this debt for. Because I had to make a decision. I had to make this decision when
1: I was 18 years old. My whole future, whenever I
2: was still a child, it's just I just it's too much why why do we want people to suffer it's so gross (laughs) it
1: is bizarre but uh, if you are seeking debt relief you can provide either your 2020 or 2021 income taxes in applying for loan forgiveness so there you go everybody for any of you with student loan issues now might be your time yeah happy for you Happy for you. All right, that's all we have for you today. If there's anything that you want us to talk about in next week's episode, you can go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist@gmail.com at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. And last but not least, if you haven't left us a review on Apple Podcasts, please do that. It means the world to us. Thank you. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all of that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye! Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf
2: Burntwine. erstwhile monk-turned-traveling-medical-investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children.
1: The Heresies of Radolf wine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.